welcome to the CND podcast. I'm Naomi McAllachand and I'm the clinical editor. Today I'll be speaking to Tom Cooper. Tom is a lead pharmacist for cardiology at Imperial College Healthcare NHS Trust. The CND held a webinar during the clinical pharmacy conference and Tom, along with three other experts, spoke about the long-term effects of COVID-19 in patients who have contracted the virus. You can see the highlights from the webinar on the CND website. I followed up with Tom after the webinar to ask a few more questions about the long-term cardiovascular effects. First of all, I asked Tom to go over a question that he'd covered in the presentation. I asked him, how can hospital pharmacists contribute in this pandemic situation? This is what he had to say. So it's really important to remain or keep an active presence or even a proactive presence. So I think it's really important that teams know that you are there, that pharmacists are available. So still making yourself actively present on wards. For example, I know that when the hospital are in, you know, ward configurations and changed in terms of areas that were kind of more safe or less safe to go in. But I think it's really important that the pharmacy kind of presence and visibility is still actively known. Kind of remembering that you're still the expert in medicines. Teams should hopefully be coming to you for advice in medicines. A couple of kind of examples, a little bit more specific to obviously COVID-19, but perhaps antibiotic rationale or adherence with local guidance is their daily reviews. Obviously, we know that antibiotics aren't really very effective for COVID, but perhaps patients are presenting with symptoms that kind of overlap with bacterial chest infections. Some other examples of kind of how pharmacists contribute. So drug supply and stock management, reviewing ward stocks was an example. I know we have locally here, so a lot of our kind of patient cohorts changed in terms of the usual ward of setups, the types of patients that are on them changed drastically based on kind of responding to the demands in COVID admissions. So we had different patients on different types of patients, if you like, on wards where they wouldn't normally be. So we had to change what the ward would usually keep as stock in terms of the medications. And I think it's a really key one. Obviously, there's a lot of the focus at the moment is around COVID, but remembering there are still non-COVID patients, non-COVID conditions and drugs. And that's an area that you can still remain a really valuable asset and contribution to. A couple of other things, I guess things like guideline contributions, so pharmacists can contribute to that, contribution to treatment groups or MDTs around kind of COVID patients, any evidence reviews, obviously it's still fairly early stage, but kind of evidence reviews with things like the trials around the steroids, for example, and then service reviews or adaptations. Does your service need to change or does it need to adapt in some way so that you can still provide a high standard clinical pharmacy service? Just a question out of my own interest. So obviously COVID's evolving really rapidly and things are changing every day. How are hospital pharmacists being kept abreast of these updates? Yeah, good question. So a little bit is your kind of being active personally and looking for these updates. A little bit depends on other groups and things like that you're signed up to or any updates you kind of get through trust as well. So for example, I myself have signed up to the UK CPA, which is the UK Clinical Pharmacy Association, and sometimes updates come through or there's nice evidence updates, for example. But I think there's a few options around that. I'm sure like chemists and druggists might have an option to sign up to kind of news alerts and updates. It can be a really good thing to be signed up to. Sometimes obviously time can be of an essence and it can be hard to find this information. So signing up to services or news alerts or things that kind of get that information to you and have it kind of on an email alert. 
Yeah, that's really helpful. I'm then just going to one of the questions from the audience. So do patients on ACE1 or ACE2 blockers have different outcomes from others with COVID-19? And if so, as a pharmacy team, what actions should be taken? It's a really great question. It's a bit of a shame we didn't get to address it during the presentation. So the honest answer is we don't know fully yet, as with a lot of things with COVID, but so far there are no signs that these drug classes, so ACE inhibitors and angiotensin receptor blockers, have any significant negative effects. Earlier on, kind of back in kind of March, April time, there were reports and discussions in the press and in social media that these drug classes could possibly worsen outcomes if patients that are taking them are infected with COVID-19. There's actually no clear evidence of that. And I think that's a really key point. And in fact, lots of different cardiovascular society groups came up with position statements in response to this. So the British Cardiovascular Society, the British Society for Heart Failure, came up with a statement basically saying that there is no evidence to support that view. And these societies, along with others, such as the European Society for Cardiology, the European Society for Hypertension, Renal Association, basically all agree that patients that are on those medications should be continuing those drugs unless it's specifically advised to stop, i.e. COVID in itself is not a reason to stop. I guess my added comment onto that would be that these drug classes are often vital or have a very large evidence base for the reasons they're prescribed. So an area I'm quite involved in a little bit more than cardiology, for example, is heart failure. And what we know is that there's a great evidence base for heart failure and the outcomes patients with heart failure that aren't taking these are much worse. Yeah, you made a good point because so much is unknown already and there is so much conflicting information out there that it's important that the right information is getting across to healthcare professionals. Yeah, definitely. And then another question, as we can see, there's been an increase in long-term conditions due to COVID-19, for example, COPD. Do you think we're likely to experience large drug shortages as a result of this? Difficult one to answer, I think. It's a complex question because a lot of factors can affect supply chains. Some people might might say that I'm optimistic, but I think no, not large drug shortages. Part of my kind of reasoning for that is that we do have systems and teams in place to address and coordinate supply issues. So, for example, nationally, there's the commercial medicines unit. There's every kind of regions or areas have procurement teams and systems in place, etc. Prior to the pandemic, it's worth bearing in mind that steps were being made with regards to Brexit, which is probably a term we've forgotten about given everything that's been going on, but kind of steps and reparations were being made in terms of how we secure UK drug stocks and supplies because of that. Obviously, during the peak of the pandemic, we did have a huge surge in kind of medications typically that were being used in intensive care areas, such as muscle relaxants, sedatives, and pain relieving medications. But that was kind of partly because of the massive change in demand. So I think the drug shortages mainly be a short-term consequence of a huge change in demand, but Hopefully we learn from that first wave. I guess this idea is on a wider scale I have is, you know, perhaps the NHS as a whole, or in terms of where we source our medications, perhaps we need to think about diversifying that. So by that, I mean, if we're getting an active pharmaceutical ingredient from one particular source or country, then perhaps we need to widen that so we're not so reliant on one particular supplier. 
someone has said a key role for hospital pharmacists was helping to keep patients informed about blood tests for monitoring medicines and how to access them safely as well as making sure they can get hold of medicines that they'd usually be picking up in the hospital so I guess it's just a comment on how COVID has affected that. I think these are some great examples of key roles that pharmacists can be involved in or that pharmacy teams can be involved in. It probably adds to the original question, actually, about, you know, how can, I wouldn't limit this just to hospital pharmacists, but how can pharmacy teams contribute in this pandemic situation? And I think those are really good examples of kind of adding on to what we were saying earlier about that. I think some great points here about monitoring and remote consultation. I think those have been really kind of big areas that have hugely developed and probably been one of the few kind of positives, if you like, from the pandemic is that most places now are doing some form of remote consultation or remote monitoring and that's showing some benefits for patients. That was Tom Cooper, the lead pharmacist for cardiology at the Imperial College Healthcare NHS Trust. Tom discussed the long-term cardiovascular effects of COVID-19 in patients who have contracted the virus. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to hear more, head over to the CND website for highlights from our webinar where we discuss the long-term effects with COVID-19 with Tom and three other healthcare experts. You can also subscribe to CND Podcasts on iTunes or your preferred Android app. Thank you for listening. Thank you.